I just thought this would be a fun opportunity to share about some of the kind of more um, underrated, unknown, unique, um, unusual, uh, exciting colleges that are available to students that are different in some way from what you what you think of as you know the usual type of of college offerings or college experience. Hey there, I'm Lily, and you're listening to Mindful Admissions, a podcast by Strive to Learn. On this episode of Mindful Admissions, William and I sat down to talk about five unique colleges that he compiled into a list in order to give students some idea of the kind of alternative college options that are available. When I say alternative options, I don't mean like blacksmithing school or a gap year abroad or something like that. I mean colleges in the U.S. Uh, that have slightly less traditional curriculum and uh, style of teaching or what have you. I really liked hearing about these uh, partly because I remember what it was like to search for colleges and try to look for something that really fit me personally. Um, and also partly because I really think that there's some very valuable information here for students. So I'm excited to offer it to you and hope you enjoy. William, thank you so much for being here with me today to talk about five unique colleges that you've kind of crafted into an interesting list. Um, I'm really excited to do this because I think college tours are such a cool, like unique part of the college process and they're harder to do right now with COVID. So getting to do this little like tour through some interesting schools, I think is very special for, for people who would be going on college tours right now in person um, and who maybe can't do that. So thank you very much for your time for doing this. Um, and maybe we could just start off with you introducing yourself. Maybe just tell me a little bit about you and what you do at Strive. Uh, uh, hi, Lily. I'm uh, glad to be uh, talking about this with you today. Um, and yeah, so my name is William Jackie. I, I work as the academic coordinator at Strive to Learn. Um, so I am in charge of just a lot of um, uh, managing our tutors and uh, college uh, college consultants that we we have on staff and. Um, and just a lot of kind of behind the scenes planning. And I also work a lot with students and families in, uh, in educational consulting, uh, helping students plan for and, and apply to, to colleges. And, um, and I also uh, work in, in tutoring sometimes. And I kind of come from that background of education and, and teaching. Um, so I get to do a lot. I, I wear a lot of hats with Strive to Learn, um, which I enjoy doing. And um, this is a topic that I picked uh, that I wanted to share about because for me personally, I, I actually really enjoy um, learning about colleges. And I just find the doing the research, learning about um, you know, something new in general is is kind of a passion of mine. I, I really like digging into to topics and um, you know. Like if there's something that that piques my curiosity, I, I like to really uh, find out as much about it as I can. So that extends to to this field that I work in, and and I I really do actually enjoy the part of it that's reading college profiles and going on websites, and um, you know definitely going to visit colleges is is very fun and and enjoyable and eye opening. So um, you know with all that in mind, I, I just thought this would be a fun opportunity to share about some of the kind of more um, underrated, unknown, unique, um, unusual, 
uh, exciting colleges that are available to students that are different in some way from what you what you think of as you know the usual type of of college offerings or college experience. Um, so yeah, they're they're all unique in in some way. They still overlap on the Venn diagram of other colleges in some ways too. But I just think that um, they're the kinds of of schools that. Uh, I wish more students knew about because I think they would appeal to, to more students than actually end up applying there in a lot of cases. So excited to talk about this. Yeah, I love this. I think you've created kind of your mini FISC guide of unique schools. And that's, it's so great. It's so much nicer hearing you talk about them than reading about them in a book. Yeah. And you just okay. named one of... Guide. <laughs> Yeah, you, you just named one of my favorite resources for that oh, research. The, no, the come on. Guide, so. it's so it's too much. It's like a brick. It's way too. Yeah, much. I about, you know all the colleges that are titled like W through Z. Nobody knows what those colleges are. They're not getting. To... Yeah, it really it really is kind of a brick. You're right. Um, when you look at it one way, but then again, it's like smaller bricks that make up one bigger one. So you don't, you don't have to read all the bricks at once, but I just, yeah, I just like the, what I like about the fist guide um, is the, well, one, I like that it's very organized. It, it always follows the same format of like seven or eight paragraphs where each of them focuses on a different aspect and it's in the same order every time. Mm -hmm. So I know if I want to find out about the location where that school is, I can just read the first, uh, first or second paragraph, you know, it's yeah, it, yeah. It, the first paragraph always introduces it a little bit and then talks about the location a little bit. If I want to find out about the social life, I can go towards the end of it. So I know what you're saying. And I, I also happen to be someone who really learns a lot by reading. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, what seems to be a rare and rare thing is someone that who enjoys reading more than learning about things in other ways. So, um, well, I mean, I want to, I want to say, I don't hate books. I love reading books, yeah. but the fist got, I don't know, maybe it's not that kind of reading. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not too much pleasure from that reading yeah, um yeah. anyways that was very off topic um I am excited to talk about these schools um and the first one in particular kind of threw me for a loop initially um because you sent me some notes about these schools and it looks like Prescott College but it's not it's pronounced you said like biscuit so like Prescott College yeah exactly yeah it's so Prescott yeah exactly like biscuit um, yeah, and on and one thing on 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 that note, I did want to cut you off, but is uh, I you know I pronounced it Prescott uh, the first time I said it aloud, and I was speaking to a um, representative from the college, uh, and she politely corrected me, and that's where I got the it's pronounced like biscuit thing from because that that's what that was her way of, of making it easy to understand. Um, it's funny. It's one of those things where when you read a lot, sometimes you see words and you pronounce them a certain way in your head. And then you hear it said uh, in real life. And you're like, Oh, that's, that's not how you say that. Like rendezvous is not rendezvous, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. So, so Prescott, Prescott college awesome. is, is one. Very cool. So what, why did you add that to that list? What, what do you feel is like the, the unique element of this school? So it has actually quite a bit about it that's pretty unique. Um, so it's in the name of it comes from the location. So it's in Prescott, Arizona, uh, which is in the high desert area of Arizona. So it's not like Tucson or Tempe, where the big public universities in Arizona are that are that more kind of dry, you know, uh, dusty, deserty feel that people expect. Or, or think of when they think of Arizona. It's a part of Arizona that's a lot more foresty. 
Um, there's like hills and mountains around. Um, it's just overall, it, it's a little more like what you might think of as like, I don't know, the Pacific Northwest maybe, or like, like the Idaho, Montana part of the, of the Northwest. Um, so the region is, is one aspect of what's unique about it. And that's because it really informs a lot of what the school uh, focuses on uh, in its, in its academics and in its social life. So it's very outdoorsy. So one thing I would say just off the bat is if you're, if you're someone who likes the outdoors, you know, hiking, uh, camping, fishing, um, you know, all, all kinds of different outdoor recreation, backpacking, you know, any of those things, this is a school that you might want to look more into or, or think about going to, uh, especially if you want that to be part of your life moving forward. And, you know, if you feel like some aspect of what you're doing in the future for your career, you might want to, you know, be involved in the outdoors somehow. So they, you know, they have really, uh, Prescott has really unique programs like adventure education, um, where, you know, it, it's kind of like combining a love for the outdoors with um, learning about teaching, essentially, like how, you know, how do you um, reach others? What are, what are good modes of pedagogy using um, the outdoors and, and learning through the outdoors and the environment? Um, and, on, and on that note, um, Prescott also really emphasizes and has pro strong programs in uh, environmental studies and sustainability. Um, it's kind of a three-pronged focus. It's uh, environmental studies, sustainability, and social justice as well. So they really do care quite a bit about um, social issues as well. And they have um, some programs specifically devoted to, to uh, social justice. And, um, you know, I, I would say those three things are um, traits that they would also be looking for in students and that students who go there, um, I think would also really, um, you know, you, you'll find yourself with like-minded individuals if those are things you care about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, so some other things that are unique about it. Uh, before school even starts, um, your very first thing is a three-week orientation, and you get to choose between two options. You can do a wilderness orientation, um, which is basically like a three-week backpacking trip in the in the desert and the mountains nearby, or I'm sorry, in the, the canyon and, and the mountains. And um, the other option is a community orientation, which is a range of service projects and research projects and, and field trips to basically get to know the town and the, the surrounding area and, and the history of it as well. Um, so, you know, that that's pretty unique. I think that's, you know, before you even uh, start taking any classes, they're um, immersing you in what their priorities are, the outdoors, the community, uh, learning about, um, you know, each other, uh, spending time together, getting to know your, your, your teachers, your professors. So I think that's a really cool and really unique feature. Um, so the, some other unique things about Prescott are in the, um, you know, the academic side of things, they use block scheduling rather than uh, full quarter or semester um, scheduling. So that's broken down into um, two terms. So, you know, there are, it is a two term structure, but those terms are divided into four blocks each. So they're like four week classes, essentially. Um, and you only take one class at a time too. So you take one class at a time, it's, it's four weeks long and you do. So it's basically, it's like eight of those a year is what it breaks down to. Um, and, you know, part of why they do that is they want to allow time for students to do outdoorsy things. So, uh, and outdoors learning. So field work, um, community studies, um, learning outdoors and in, in just a variety of ways. So it's, it's, you know, it, they really do try to 
uh, offer a lot more than just kind of the traditional mode of classroom, learn class classroom learning uh, at Prescott. Awesome, that's really cool. Um, and it sounds very similar, or not very similar specifically, but the general structure is kind of similar to a lot of kind of alternative education um, schools that I'm aware of, like Waldorf schools, um, like Waverly in LA, a couple of other kind of schools that have a block schedule. And um, something that I saw in your notes was narrative evaluations, um, which is also something that I'm pretty familiar with. So that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, narrative evaluations. And they do give you the option to, to receive grades and they record grades, you know, for purposes of, um, you know, applying to graduate school. Uh, you know, basically there, there are reasons why uh, as a college student, you might need grades after, you yeah. know, taking that class itself. So they, they do provide those. But yeah, the, the, the main means of, um, you know, being assessed on your learning is not through grades, but it's through uh, narrative evaluations that come through, through an advisor. Uh, awesome. So, yeah. um, what kind of programs do they offer? What kind of majors are available for students? Yeah, so adventure education is one of them. Uh, social justice studies uh, is another. Human development and psychology, um, sustainability, sustainability management, and they call them competencies. So that the way that they're um, sort of requirements breakdown is not in majors and minors. Um, it's, they call them competencies, of, you know, basically what the major is. And it's a subject area or an area of emphasis. And I think part of the reason why they don't want to call it a major is because they really try to make it flexible. They try to make it customizable so that you can essentially design your own program and call it, you know, a unique name. It doesn't have to be one of the, the 10 competencies that they already offer. I mean, the one stipulation or the one requirement is that, you know, it has to be made up of courses that they actually offer there. However, something that I, I think I thought was really cool to learn from the, um, the uh, counselor from Prescott that I talked to is you can take courses from one of 12 other organizations or uh, institutions that they partner with. So you can take uh, you can design your own program using courses that are offered at one of those other um, uh, institutions. And they're all small liberal arts colleges. So, you know, you, it's not like you, you can pick from anything you would ever want, but you can, you know, they have things like creative writing. Um, you, you can, uh, you know, something that I think is more at the graduate level, but they have a program, a master's program in um, equine therapy, you know, so that, kind of taking the building blocks of what they offer there and what they really focus on, you know, outdoors education, social justice, sustainability, the environment, um, taking those things, you can design really any sort of permutation of, of a program that you want based on what you care most about. So I think that's a really cool thing, uh, really unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds a lot like the next school on your list um, in, in the kind of multidisciplinary aspect, which is Evergreen State, which I'm familiar with. I actually have a lot of family members who've gone to Evergreen State. Oh, cool. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about it. Evergreen State. Yeah. So this is one that uh, we talk about sometimes in my household because uh, so I, you know, Evergreen State is in the Northwest Pacific Northwest. It's in Olympia, Washington, which is the capital of the state. Um, the reason we talk about it is, you know, I have some roots in the Northwest and, and my wife also does. She's she's from uh, Southern California, but she spent a lot of her uh, 20s and 30s in, in the Northwest. We met in Portland and lived there for for a few years. Um, and we both know several people as well who went there. I don't have anyone in my family, but a lot of coworkers from when I, I lived in Portland most recently who went there and, and had a lot of stories about it. So I have a lot of anecdotal um 
you know, kind of things I could share, but um, that, you know, Evergreen is, it, it always kind of makes me smile. It's just, it's just a really like unique place that loves what it is. It's very proud to be different and wears its kind of experimentalism, non-mainstream, non-conformist sort of nature, you know, really on its sleeve. And, and I like that about it. Um, you know, I, I kind of have always sort of related it in a way to Reed College in Portland, although they're very different. They're, I just think of them both as, as having that sort of similar uh, nonconformist spirit. Um, however, where Reed is, is pretty selective and academically rigorous, um, and okay, so I shouldn't say Evergreen State is not academically rigorous, but it's not selective at all. It's, uh, it's very easy to get into. It has a 98% acceptance rate. Uh, which means almost everyone who applies there gets accepted. Um, they also do some really cool things to help students who have struggled in high school to get a second chance, which is they'll they'll admit students with very low GPAs on basically a probationary basis and give you a chance to, you know, sort of show that you you want to be there and that you're serious about about awesome. getting an education. Um, yeah, so you can you can uh, get accepted with a very low GPA, take courses, you know, really focus, do your best, and you know, earn your place there essentially, and you can be admitted as a full student. So I think that's really cool about it. Um, but yeah, so Evergreen State, it's, um, you know, one thing I think among, among a lot of other things, one thing that's really unique about it is that it's, it also really allows you to customize your education and, and what you want to study. Um, that's great. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel that extends to like actual individual classes? What, what is the classroom experience like? Great question. Um, it's it's part part of how it's unique is the fact that Evergreen State doesn't really offer um, specific courses in the normal way of you know I'm a full time college student I'm taking four or five or six classes in a term and they're all different subjects you know and taken all together they make up my various you know requirements either for my core classes or for my major. Um, Evergreen State kind of combines it all into a big block or a big chunk. Um, and you basically decide, so you're, you know, you're still, um, choosing your, your areas of interest and areas of focus. Um, so it's not like a random thing where you just get whatever they throw at you, you know, you, you still get to focus on what you want to learn, but, um, instead of these individual specific classes, it, they're, they're like kind of hybrid multidisciplinary, uh, programs, you know, and so it's basically like your whole thing that you're doing in, in one term, which is on the quarter system there, is a core, a program that could be 12 to 16 credits. So it's in that range of, of full time. Um, but it's very, it's combining different subjects with a sort of wider focus, you know, so that you're, you're using skills from, let's say, history and English, as well as science, and um, maybe even like, you know, language or social sciences. So it's, it's all about um, finding connections between subjects and, and between topics, which um is not for everyone, but I think for for students who like that idea of how does how does everything fit together, or like what are the connections between these different subjects that I'm learning, mm -hmm. you know, I think it can be nice because it brings more purpose to, um, yeah. to to everything rather than everything is its own little compartment, and I'll never know how they fit together. Sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would really enjoy that. Yeah. That's awesome. What um, similar question? And they're probably they probably also have an interesting name that's not majors. But what are the what are the cool majors that they have at Evergreen? Well, yeah. So they, you know, there are um, 
even though there's a lot of different subjects available and even though at the same time it's it's all pretty multidisciplinary um, they do have some areas that are just really really great really excellent because of either you know taking advantage of the area itself and learning from the the, the kind of the surrounding environment or just because um you know, the courses that they offer um, are, are especially strong and recommended. And so, for example, kind of like Prescott, environmental studies is a big one there. It's um, Evergreen State is in Olympia, but it's a little bit on the outskirts of town and it's uh, surrounded by forests. So it's very, very naturey, uh, very outdoorsy. Um, there are uh, gardens on campus. There's a um, saltwater beach. There's uh, there's just a lot of kind of ingrained resources in the campus itself, which is another thing that reminds me of Reed College, by the way. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's a lot of opportunities for hands-on learning, project-based learning for students in those environmental studies, sustainability, and some other nature-related uh, fields as well. Um, they have a really good Native American and Indigenous Studies program, um, and some really good ways of connecting with the community and um you know the tribes that have called the region home for a long time mm -hmm. um and um, they also have really good computer science program and in the arts they um they excel as well writing uh visual arts dance um so and you know like a lot of those people i know who the friends i have are you know former co-workers um who went there that is kind of the common theme is they tend to be very creative people and tend to like the arts in some way and tend to also value connection to the community. Awesome. Um, so this next school we've actually discussed before. Uh, and I actually, I can't remember the order of our podcast episodes, so I don't remember if it will have come out by the time this one does. Um, but you and I have talked about Landmark College before um, in regard to students with learning differences. So I just a quick review of Landmark would be awesome because I think it's a really awesome school and um, more people should yeah. know about it is like my yeah. impulse behind that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So we, we talked about this one a little bit in another episode. Again, I'm not sure if you're listening in order, if you will have heard that yet, <laughs> but it was also just kind of a blink and you miss it moment. So um, Landmark College is in Vermont and it is really unique in that it is devoted fully and specifically to students with learning differences. And so, you know, it was started with that intention of serving these students who in a lot of ways have been underserved and have not had the same opportunities. Now, the wider um, world of college and higher education in, in recent years has definitely made efforts to improve um, in the type of support that it offers for students with learning differences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a topic that we discussed in a lot more detail in another episode. Um, so I won't get into that in detail, but Landmark College is this great uh, institution that is all about, you know, helping those students. And it does it in a, in, a, in a pretty cool, unique way, which is that it offers a range of options. So you can go there for a bachelor's degree. You, you know, it is a four-year institution, so you can get a, a bachelor's there. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have degrees in psychology, computer science, um, arts, uh, communication, and entrepreneurial leadership, if you wanted to go in the business world and start your own uh, business. Um, so they do have those four-year degree programs. They also have associate's degrees if you want to um, treat it sort of like a, a pathway to, you know, either either like that's the degree that you want for the field you're going into, the career you're going into, or as a pathway to a bachelor's degree, you know, you can get the two years in that subject. Um, but they also have something called the uh, bridge experience, which is um, 
you know, not something that I think you'll really see anywhere else. This is truly unique. Um, it's basically a short-term program for students with learning differences who are either recently graduated from high school or are current college students, but are um, going, you know, wanting to kind of refresh, hit the reset, might be going through some kind of struggles, you know. So basically the idea behind it is you can take uh, one or two semesters, just a shorter term commitment. And um, there are two or three specific classes that everyone takes as part of it. But, you know, from there, it's also uh, flexible what you want to take. But the big, you know, the main aspect of it and the goal of it is really to help students develop skills they need to succeed um, in college and, and graduate and, and reach their, their ultimate goals. So it's kind of more of a, it's a bridge, you know, it's, it's not the end. It's, it's a, it's a, connection to your your final point you know it's it's i don't know a connecting flight if uh if you want a metaphor um it's uh so you know it's it's cool because it's like i said it's it can be kind of a reset or a way to um to to reorient yourself uh find your footing you know for recent high school graduates i think it's a great idea because it can be a way to start out um with a good foundation of here's what to expect um you know, when you go to a, a four-year institution, let's say where, um, you know, whether it's a small liberal arts college or a huge public university, they both have their challenges, you know, for students with learning differences to adjust to. And so I think the, the bridge experience at Landmark College can be a way of finding your footing of just really learning what it's going to be like, um, knowing what to expect and developing skills that will help you such as self-advocacy, and then, you know, also just basic like college level academic skills like writing and, and communication. So the bridge experience is, is really great. And, and they also offer scholarships specifically for it. So um, for those who are, um, you know, going to be needing financial aid to pay for college, which is most people, um, they, you know, the bridge, bridge uh, experience does offer that sort of uh, support. So, um, so yeah, Landmark, Landmark College is, is basically the, the hub for students who um, would really benefit from either, you know, a, a welcoming and supportive environment all four years of college or two years for an associate's degree, or who would benefit from just kind of a, um, you know, a short-term program that that will get you all set for, for something bigger and, you know, in, at a different place, I'd say. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like they really have kind of accessibility on lock in all ways with the learning yeah. aspect, but also you mentioned scholarships, which I'm, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. And um, therapy dogs. I, I can't not mention they have dogs? a therapy dog program. Yeah. Oh. Which I think is, is just, I like that's it. Awesome. It's just very nice. Yeah. Um, basically they just, they have these dogs that are all owned by uh, staff or, or faculty that, um, you know, basically are there to help students who might be having a hard time, you know, with anxiety or depression or just kind of need need to calm down and have, uh, you know, have their mind eased. So very unique feature also about, about Landmark that I think is very cool. That is very cool. I really like that. Um, I'm really attracted to schools that have block scheduling. Um, the school that I went to for my entire life had block scheduling I became very used to it and then yeah. when I went to college it was like oh my god wait just what I had semesters and and all of these classes at the same time it was it was a process for me so uh when I was reading a little bit about Cornell College which you put on this list I was like oh block scheduling amazing I'm already a fan um so I would love to hear a little bit more about Cornell College 
Yeah, totally. So um, I, Cordell College is in Iowa. It's in Mount Vernon, Iowa. I actually want to ask you a question, uh, Lily. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. So you have Cornell College, right? And you have Cornell University. So you've got two four-year institutions that, you know, that share a name in some ways. Which of the two, um, okay, so, and one of them is more well-known. One of them is an Ivy League uh, university in New York. Which of the two do you think came first? Ah, man. Um... I don't know. I think of the Ivies as being this like age old, like collection of schools. Oh my God. No, but it's going to be a trick. Fine. Cornell University. That's my answer. Your, your, your impulse just a second ago was right. It's going to be a trick question. So I, yeah, I thought maybe from the fact that I was asking it and I wanted to do the whole, I'm going to spring the surprise on you that you would, you would be like, oh yeah. I thought you were like, you wouldn't think. (laughs) I thought you were like princess briding me. You were like, it's in my cup, cup, but it can't be in your cup, whatever. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, so it still kind of worked. So yeah, no, it's, I mean, not, not a huge deal, but I just think it's kind of funny. Cornell college, the, the small liberal arts college in Iowa was around first. Uh, It was founded 12 years prior to Cornell university, which is the one that if you hear, if you hear Cornell, most people think of the Ivy league school in in, uh, in New York, but um, yeah. So Cornell college, it's, it's, it's been around for a long time since uh, mid 1800s. And as you alluded to the, the thing that I think really makes it unique above all is the block scheduling. Um, And they even have a very easy to understand user-friendly name for it, which is one course at a time. Mm. That's the name of the program. So, you know, it, it kind of all says it there. You, you don't take, um, you know, in a, in a somewhat similar vein to Evergreen State, but not exactly the same thing. You only take one course um, during each given term, which, you know, they call blocks. Um, And each of those blocks is three and a half weeks long. Now that's not like a partial subject. You, you take basically the entire course that someone would be taking in a semester in three and a half weeks. So it's, it's very rigorous. Um, the idea of taking one course at a time to someone like me, who is a little, so the way my brain tends to work is I, I kind of have to focus on one thing at a time. I, I'm not great at spreading my focus. Um, and because of that, I will never be a good cook. Um, just <laughs> very few things I'm good at cooking where you could just focus on one thing at a time. Preparing a whole meal is like, uh, it's always, I enjoy it, but it's also stressful and it takes forever. So you need to but, get into soup. I love making soup. Yeah. Me too. I love making yeah. soup or sauces. Yeah. Those kinds of things or anything that's like a braise where you can just let one it sit for a few hours. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I tend to focus on one thing at a time. And so a program like this sounds like it would appeal to me and it does, but it's, but that doesn't mean it's, it's easy because it's yeah. one course at a time. It means you have to get a lot done in a short amount of time. So it's, you know, you might compare it to, um, at like a, at big four-year universities, let's say, or even at, you know, two-year community junior colleges for uh, winter term, yeah. um, you can take classes that are, um, you know, you do it in like a month basically, or, or sometimes even in, in three weeks like this. Um, it's still the same course that you, you would be taking if you did it in this, the fall or the spring. So you still have to cover all the same curriculum. You just have to do it in a shorter amount of time. You usually meet five days a week rather than, you know, once or twice a week, like the, the full semester courses. So it's kind of like that. Um, you, you just have to get a lot done in a short amount of time. Um, so 
you know, like, for example, a student said that the typical course load in that three and a half week span might be, you know, a couple or a few essays, um, some annotation assignments, um, a couple big exams and a final project. So that's a lot to do yeah. in a short amount of time because you probably have course readings too, yeah. along with with other things, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, why is does the school give a rationale for this type of curriculum? Why why is it that they argue that this is a good way to arrange education? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, it's it's not arbitrary at all. It is something that fits with a certain philosophy or, or certain um, values or aims that they're going for, um, which I would say are that. Um, yeah, one, it allows you to really dig deeply, or I'm sorry, to dig deeper and really focus and learn as much as you can about um, a particular topic and really just give it your full focus. So it's kind of, it's a little bit related to what I was saying about how I how I learn and, and the way my brain works, to be able to, to really just uh, give your attention to one thing, to, to go deeply into it, to, you know, um, plumb the depths of what you can learn about it, at least in that length of time, you know, the, the school would argue that that's a, an effective mode of learning. Another reason that, that the school, you know, promotes this um, one course at a time system is that it's good preparation for the professional world, uh, for, you know, post, post-educational world where um, things do move fast. Things are unexpected. They're always evolving. Um, you, you take on, um, you know, you, you just kind of have to have to be able to do what's needed at the time for, you know, in whatever field you're in. And so, I mean, I think that especially plays well to the world of business, but other things too, like education, um, you know, the, the life of a teacher is, you, you know, you're, you're constantly planning for what's coming next, um, especially when you're a new teacher. And so I think uh, for anyone that wants to go into education, a, a a field like, or a, a learning system like this, a curriculum like this would be effective because, um, you know, it just, it is like that. It is really fast paced. You have to get a lot done in a short amount of time and kind of make the most out of it if they can. Yeah. Awesome. Um, should, I can't, I want to ask you about programs, but I'm worried that, well, I guess we have time. We have time. It's fine. Okay. <clears throat> so what kind of programs do they offer? What kind of majors are available? So, you know, it's a liberal arts college, um, so they, they have a pretty wide range of subjects and um, it's, you know, even if, even though it's one course at a time, it's pretty, um, the range of things that you take crosses a, a lot of disciplines, but um, some subjects that, that are really strong and, and popular there are um, computer science, uh, history, uh, biology, both in the realm of biochemistry and, and molecular biology, uh, business and uh, English and, and creative writing. Um, so those are those are some programs that are stronger and, and you know, really popular there. Um, but they do offer, you know, a pretty wide range of of uh, subjects that you can study and in uh, good programs. Um, you know, so I think I think Cornell College is um, a good place for students who who really do value um, challenging themselves academically uh, unless now for students who have gone to a school that uses block scheduling like the Waldorf school um, I think that you would find an easier transition but I, you know even students who are used to the the kind of like taking you know five high school classes or six high school classes at a time the more traditional system um, it would it, it would be a challenge but I think that um, you would find that being able to focus on one thing at a time can be very, um, 
enlightening and it could be a good learning experience for a certain type of student. I do think that the one of the challenges with getting students to somewhere like Cornell is the location. It's, it's in rural Iowa, it's a very small town. So I think the type of student that would do well there might be someone who not only you know, wants a, a fairly fast paced, rigorous uh, academic climate, but also someone who is okay with a more kind of relaxed, slower paced social environment. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, which is not to say that there's nothing to do there. There's actually, they do quite a bit on campus. It's just that the surrounding area itself, you know, is, is not going to uh, entertain you. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, so final, final school on the list um, is St. John's College. And I know nothing about St. John's College, um, except for that it's in Maryland. And yeah. Or, and that, yeah, that's all it, I was going to say and, but there's no and, I, that's all I know. Yeah, it, this one's sort of in a, in a somewhat similar boat to Cornell College in that there's also a St. John's University that I think is more well-known, yeah. um, which is, I, I want to say New York State. And, you know, for me personally, I know of St. John's University because I'm a sports fan and they um, tend to, you know, they're, the college basketball is big at St. John's University. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's the red storm, but St. John's college is an entirely different thing. So it's another one of those things where there's two colleges that seem to have kind of the similar name. St. John's college is, is, uh, very interesting though. It's, it's the kind of place that I might've, uh, wanted to go to if I had known about it in, uh, sure. when I, you know, when I was in high school, I did end up going to a somewhat similar program, um, which is a great books, uh, curriculum. Uh, and it, I found it wasn't for me, but not because of the fact of it being great books curriculum. So I think, um, St. John's is, a, a college I was excited to learn about, um, you know, in the past few years and, and find out more about. Um, so it is in Annapolis, Maryland, but it's also in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So there are two different campuses. Um, and you can, and they're basically like, um, yeah, there are two sides of the same coin. You can, you can take classes at either campus. You can live at either campus as a student during your, your, your tenure as a St. John's student, mm -hmm. which is, is pretty interesting. Um, the, each of the campuses has a different sort of personality to it. Um, Annapolis, as you would expect from the location, um, Annapolis is, is kind of more traditional, uh, a little more fast paced life, um, more buttoned up is how it was described to me by um, the, the admissions counselor who I've talked to. Um, Santa Fe is more outdoorsy and, and modern. It's, it's a more deserty um, location, um, smaller community. It, and although it's in Santa Fe, which is a city, it's not in the busy part of town. It's, it's a little bit removed from that. So definitely a different pace of life. In a lot of ways, it's kind of on that, um, in that like Prescott College range, you know, it's just a little more outdoor, outdoorsy in that sense. And um, but yeah, the, the thing that makes St. John's College stand out is, is or one of, one of, you know, several things, but I think the largest thing is that they uh, don't have any majors, they don't have professors, they don't have departments. So none of those things that we think of as traditional categories in, in colleges are part of the experience there. What they have instead is a great books program that all students participate in. Um, so you don't have to, you don't register for classes. Um, you don't have to meet with an advisor to you know, be sure that you're taking the right classes. It's essentially all kind of laid out for you as a student and you just, you know, you take part in the process. And it's very, um, 
it's also very non-traditional learning um, in the sense that art, I mean, in a certain way, it's the most traditional style of learning. Um, it's it's the, the style of learning that um, the oldest colleges, you know, in, in the Western world have kind of focused on, which is uh, reading and seminar and writing and discussion uh, type learning. So basically what it involves is reading what would be considered the classics, um, going all the way back to Greek history. Um, and then, you know, as far forward as um, modern writing, modern literature, modern philosophy and um, sociology and, and anthropology. Now, talking about a great books college, I, I'm a little ambivalent at this stage in my life um, where I thought it was the coolest thing ever when I was in high school. I still think it's I still think it's a great way to learn. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this to to be uh, to detract from it in any way. But I think there's a, a in, in academia, there's been a, a strong push in recent decades to acknowledge that. The classics of the Western world are a limited view of yeah. kind of human uh, knowledge. And, you know, in that sense, I think I, I, my hope is that a, a school like St. John's College, um, and I admit I haven't read the entire uh, uh, reading list, which goes up to somewhere almost 200 books, I think. So it's, it's a, quite a bit of reading. But now it's very possible that they've incorporated a lot of these, um, a lot of works from parts of the world that have traditionally been ignored in the canon um, of, you know, classics. But if not, I, I really hope that's that's something that they will adapt to in the future. But with that aside, just a slight tangent. Um, basically, it's I think what's cool about it is you're not um, you're not listening to lectures uh, and taking tests so much as what you're doing is you're reading uh, primary sources. So meaning you're not reading a textbook about philosophy. You're reading the philosophy itself. You're reading what those philosophers wrote themselves, and that I think is very cool. Um, and also you, you have, you're basically, uh, your, your class sessions are discussions um, and your, your professors are called tutors and they're not lecturing you. They're, they're not even teaching you in a way they're more like guiding you. You know, it's, it's the role that the, the teachers play is, is a role of facilitating discussions, um, probably sometimes um, finding moments of transition or connection, asking uh, questions to, to carry the conversation a certain way, but it's really led by the students. And so it's very student-centric mode of learning, um, which I have a lot of respect for. Um, yeah. I you know, really admire that mode of learning. Too. Yeah, I, would, I feel like I would really enjoy that too. Those were, I mean, a lot of people just hate Socratic seminars in high school. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> it's like anytime where we have to put our chairs in a circle, that's my, that's my learning style. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is right up my alley. Very cool. Um, something interesting to me from your notes is, uh, the final graduation requirement. Um, mm -hmm. it, it seems very different from most other schools. And I was wondering if you could just say a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's in a lot of ways, it's in the spirit of, uh, you know, showing that you have, completed the program, let's say, and, and demonstrating your, um, demonstrating your knowledge and, and basically just demonstrating that you have, you know, adequately learned what they want you to learn there in, in a way of speaking, um, it, it follows along with what their um, priorities are, which is uh, reading, writing, and communication. And so basically the requirements are you have to write what, it, what essentially amounts to a senior thesis, a, a 20 uh -huh. to 60 page critical essay. And you have to take part in a one hour oral examination given by with or with three tutors present. Um, so it's not the usual kind of thing 
are usual for a lot of colleges and definitely for high school where you, you know you take a test or you have a final essay or a project but it's um you know it's usually more limited than that the the 20 to 60 page critical essay and the hour-long examination are something that you need to be prepared for like that's not yeah. something you can cram for and just you know hope you do your best and pass with a c plus like you have to actually be invested in that process from day, you know, honestly, from the first day of, of being at the school, but also especially, you know, throughout your whole senior year, like you're pretty much building up to that moment, your entire senior year. And so, um, and that's, it's not that um, uh, St. John's College is not the only college that has that type of examination, um, but, you know, it's it's definitely not the, the majority mode of, of assessment in college. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what kind of student do you think would be the best fit or who would feel like this school is the best fit for them? Well, you definitely have to like reading because, you know, it's it's a lot of books. It's a lot of reading. Um, now, as someone with some experience in a program like this, I only did one year, but I've always been a reader. Uh, I, I've always been a bookworm. Uh, I read, you know, when I was a kid, I would read cereal boxes while I was eating breakfast. Like I couldn't not be reading something almost to a pathological, you know, extent. <laughs> but so I always had to be reading. I find reading very natural. I like love doing it. I had a hard time um, with the amount of reading involved in a program like this. It's, I basically had to, I had to, you know, allocate probably two to three hours a day just to be reading the books for the program, which, you know, that may not sound like a lot, but that wasn't all I was doing. I also had four other classes, you know, so it's uh, now St. John's is a little different, um, but I, I think they break it down to basically like a book a week. And these are books that can go up to like four or 500 pages, sometimes even wow. longer. So and it's a lot of reading. Dense too. It's like Plato. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it's not, it's not like straightforward reading. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a, a modern autobiography. It's, it's something that you may have to stop and think about, yeah. you know, a few times per page. So you definitely have to like reading. Uh, you have to like, um, you have to be curious. You have to want to go outside of, of kind of conventional explanations for things and like to be just kind of constantly challenging. If you're someone who uh, your family or friends get annoyed with you because you're always taking the other side and being the devil's advocate, you might do well in a program like this. Um, if you enjoy debating, if you enjoy hearing multiple sides of an issue, I think you would like a program like this. Um, and, you know, just someone who I think uh, does not mind um, you know, really being focused on academics. Now, obviously there's the two different uh, campuses depending on what type of a, a social environment you want. But, um, but you know, you have to, I think it, it, sways a, it swings a little heavily towards the academic side of the academic social balance. So mm -hmm. if, that, if you're okay with, with that idea of taking a little bit of a sacrifice on the social life, uh, I think it might be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's excellent. I, I love hearing about these schools, um, partly because I'm jealous. <laughs> these are all awesome. <laughs> and part of me, you know, I wish I had known about all of these um, when I was researching colleges initially, but I'm so grateful for you, for your time and for all of the um, careful wisdom that you've shared with us uh, about all of these schools. And thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Yeah. And anytime, if anyone that's listening wants it i've got five more waiting in the queue i could i could throw <laughs> at you right right now so yeah we'll do you know if you ever ever want to find out more just you know just reach out awesome uh, thank you so much have a great day. thank you you too thanks for listening as we continue to produce episodes of this podcast you can follow along on our website www.strive to learn.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe. We'd appreciate any support you can give, including likes, downloads, shares, and good reviews. Got something you want to learn about? Ask us questions in the comments or DM us on Instagram at strive to learn tutoring. Get the latest updates on the college admissions world and be the first to receive exclusive offers when you subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, www.strive2learn.com. Thanks for sticking around and I'll see you next time.